It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. The human body is designed to fight disease, and with the right fuel, this hidden power can be amplified. Today's guest, Dr. William Lee, believes that each of us has an enormous opportunity to take charge of our lives using food to transform our health. He joins us today to talk about the new science of how the body heals itself. Dr. Lee is a physician, scientist, and author of the New York Times bestseller, Eat to Beat Disease, The New Science of How Your Body Can Heal Itself. His groundbreaking work has led to the development of new medical treatments and impacts care for diseases including cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and obesity. Dr. Lee is president and medical director of the Angiogenesis Foundation and is leading research into COVID-19. Welcome, Dr. Lee. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Joan. So, Doctor, let's begin by giving our listeners a basic 101. How does the body designed to maintain our health? You know, that's one of the questions that I asked when I went to medical school. So I'm an internal medicine doctor, which means that I um, study men and women uh, and help uh, treat men and women, uh, young and old, and healthy and sick. And when I went to medical school, one of the big questions was, uh, what is disease, of which we learned and had plenty of textbooks covering that topic. But it became much more mysterious when we asked the question, what is health? Now, most of us think about health as the absence of disease, which it is, but the absence of something is a very unsatisfying answer to something that's so important to all of us. And so my research has been really focused on trying to uh, elucidate, to try to figure out why it is that we are actually healthy. And it turns out that health is not only the absence of disease, but it's the result of our body's hardwired health defense systems that formed when we were in our mother's womb and actually continued to fire in all cylinders until our very last breath. The body is a miraculous machine, and, and I'm not sure that we really understand just how powerful it is. What are the systems that work together to keep us healthy? Right. You know, we, we normally think about um, uh, things that keep us healthy are you know, good lungs and strong muscles and sharp brain, all those things are actually important. But now science is taking us to a much deeper level where we can actually look at the cellular and molecular levels for health. And so in in my work, we've actually identified five health defense systems that function not only independently, but they are also interconnected and they all work together to form a safety net for our health and they form a shield to protect us against disease. One of those um, health defenses is angiogenesis, which is how our body grows blood vessels. Angio is blood or blood vessel and genesis is how the body grows it. And we've got 60,000 miles worth of blood vessels that form the highways and byways 
for the oxygen that we breathe and the food that we eat, the nutrients that get delivered to our cells. Very important health defense. Second is our stem cells. Now, most of us uh, have heard that salamanders and starfish can regenerate, and our teachers told us in grade school that humans can't regenerate. Well, that chapter in the textbook's been thrown out. We do know humans regenerate with stem cells that we're born with, and those stem cells repair us from the inside out through our lives. Third is our microbiome, our gut bacteria, healthy gut bacteria. A lot has been said about it, but actually very little is still known about how our gut bacteria controls our metabolism and our healing and even our emotional health and, our, and how our brain actually works. Uh, the fourth one is our DNA, much more than a genetic code. It, it, our DNA protects us from the environment, the ultraviolet radiation, not just in the tanning salon or you know, on a beach, but even when we're sitting in traffic, um, or walking outside on a beautiful day, our DNA gets damaged by uh, the sun, and our DNA repairs itself. And radon comes from the ground, off-gassing comes from our carpet and our furniture. And then finally, our health defenses are uh, kind of capped by our immune system. And after the last couple of years, we all know just how important a, a good, strong immune system is against the viruses and bacteria. But one of the most surprising things is that a good, strong immune system can wipe out even uh, metastatic cancer. And so these five pillars form the basis for our health, and foods can actually activate them. Do these different systems need to work in harmony? What happens if one of them isn't working optimally? Yeah, such a great question. So, you know, each of these systems has been studied by itself in extraordinary depth. So think about that classic inch wide and a mile deep of research. And what I'm doing is trying to pull together how the different systems interact with one another. And I'll just give you an example. It turns out that to create new blood vessels to grow better circulation, some of those um, uh, blood vessels actually come from stem cells or stem cells actually build on that. To heal um, using blood vessels, which we need, like if you have a cut and a scab and the scab comes off, you see all this bright red bubbling stuff underneath. Those are blood vessels growing. It turns out that um, our, the health of our gut bacteria can influence how fast you heal. And then, of course, um, our immune system actually can either create more inflammation in a wound or less inflammation in the wound. And whether that wound gets infected depends on how strong our immune system is. So just using the idea of a simple cut on our hand um, or a scrape on our knee if you fall off a bike actually just tells you how these different parts of our health defenses all actually come to play even for something as a tiny cut. Most of us shovel food into our mouths throughout the day, never really thinking about it as being medicine for our body, for for healing, whatever ails us. Just how powerful is food to our overall health, and how much power do we have in the selections we make? Well, listen, the idea of food as medicine, which is, you know, a very popular concept now, actually goes back 3,000 years. If you look at the ancient cultures where, uh, that were the kind of the, the crucibles of medical research uh, and, um, and medical innovation. And let's just go back to ancient China and ancient Greece, where um, textbooks, some of the first textbooks uh, for medicine were written. Back then, there were um, no medicines. There were no pharmaceuticals. Uh, and, and the only thing that those ancient societies had was food that they knew could actually either improve their health or alternatively take it down. In other words, foods that would actually uh, be detrimental to your health. And so 
the, the idea of food as medicine has been around for a long time. I think that what's happened is that we are now going back into revisiting at a much deeper level, more sophisticated level, why it is that certain foods are better for our health. And with the tools that we have, uh, biomedicine that we have today, and that's really where I come from, we're able to actually do um, cellular, molecular, genomic studies to really try to get a better picture of what that is. So here's an example. Um, researchers have known for a long time that eating legumes, which is a plant-based food, beans, uh, peas, uh, are good for you. Uh, now we be are beginning to understand that uh, in, in addition to the vitamins and minerals that they, can, uh, they contain, beans, for example, uh, they actually, uh, which, you know, that's the classic uh, idea of nutrition, uh, it is there's also bioactives. These are natural substances found in plants, mostly plant-based foods, that when we eat them, act activate our body's health defense systems. Example for navy beans. Um, a study has been done looking at eating navy beans and the fiber, the dietary fiber in navy beans, feeds our gut microbiome, feeds our healthy gut bacteria, and our gut bacteria pay us back for being fed like a pet by producing these uh, other molecules called short-chain fatty acids. Now, why is that important? And this is, I'm, I'm describing this to show you the level of depth we've been able to get to. When gut bacteria are fed, uh, dietary fiber, like from beans, they produce short-chain fatty acids that improve our metabolism, lower our blood cholesterol, speed up healing, uh, and lower inflammation in our body. And all that triggers a whole host of defensive um, uh, processes in our body so that we can better resist disease. After all, who wants more inflammation in their body? And our gut bacteria, when we feed them properly, help to control that. So, Doctor, we're understanding the importance of certain foods to to support our immune system to help us heal. But by contrast, if, if, we're, if we have a particular condition and, and we eat the quote-unquote wrong foods, are we then giving the disease the opportunity to develop faster or to even become more aggressive? Right. So by the same token that we can add foods to our body that can support and activate our health defenses, so too our research is learning that we can actually eat, um, we can sometimes make bad choices in these foods that harm our health defenses. Here's an example. Um, we know that uh, added sugar, extra sugar, like the 10 teaspoons of sugar in a typical can of, of soda, um, that actually causes, you know, your metabol our metabolism to go haywire by just overloading our body. But now we also know that high levels of blood sugar impair, um, make it difficult for our body to grow blood vessels, stuns our stem cells, so it makes it harder for our body to regenerate. It kind of poisons the ecosystem of our gut bacteria, damages our DNA, and actually sugar can actually cause inflammation and suppress protective immunity as well. So again, if you take a look at our health through the lens of these five health defenses, you can ask for any given food. Does it help? Does it hurt? Is it neutral? What do we need to ask next? Um, other things that can hurt our health defenses besides added sugar, artificial sweeteners, saturated fats, um, uh, chemical preservatives. These are just um, uh, a, a short list. Alcohol can also do the high levels of alcohol can also do the same thing. Short list of things that we actually know are not that good for us, and now we are beginning to understand the reasons why. So let's use cancer for an example, because that's something that so many people fear and, and it impacts so many lives. If 
you get a cancer diagnosis the same way a doctor would prescribe chemo or radiation. Is it a good idea, and I'll use the word prescribe for ourselves, should we be prescribing foods that will either heal or suppress the growth of the cancer? Is that a good idea? Yeah, so we know that diet actually affects cancer development. We know that there are um, uh, foods that people can eat that are not so good for us that are associated with the development of cancer, carcinogens. We also know that um, uh, certain foods uh, seem to spark the growth of cancers even faster. This has been done in the research lab for many, many years. Uh, And so the interesting question is, are there foods that we can eat to reverse or to actually treat uh, the cancer uh, when, when you talk about food uh, uh, as an intervention for cancer, it's different than a chemotherapy. Chemotherapy is non-selective. You put it in your body, it kind of, um, uh, it's like a flamethrower that just burns through everything in your body, including the cancer. We are now actually having much better, more targeted, more specific treatments, including ones that activate our defenses like our immune system. But still, research is showing that the foods that we eat These are the choices that we make uh, and the cancer patients make between visits to the oncology center, between chemo infusions. These choices can make a big difference. A couple of um, really important studies have been done over the last couple of years, including one very recently. Uh, There was one study of 826 um, uh, patients with colon cancer, stage three, very advanced, getting surgery, chemotherapy. This was conducted by 14 major cancer centers across the United States, and it found that those patients with colorectal cancer, stage three, had improved survival, 57% improved survival, if they were eating two fistfuls of tree nuts per week. That's about seven whole walnuts per week, easy to eat. And we think that it's because walnuts contain dietary fiber that activate the gut microbiome to improve your immune system, and your immune system helps the chemo, uh, helps work along with the chemo to fight the cancer. And there are substances, natural bioactives in the walnuts that actually kill colon cancer stem cells. These are the tiny little cells in a cancer that can help uh, make it more uh, uh, difficult to eliminate. Another recent study just came out studying 200 um, people with malignant melanoma, which is a deadly form of skin cancer. And these people are getting immune therapies that activate the body's own immune system to fight cancer, but only about 20% of people benefited. And what they wanted to find out is what's the difference between the people who benefited versus responded and didn't respond. The responders had a gut bacteria called ruminococcus. And the people who grew more ruminococcus in their gut bacteria ate more dietary fiber. How much? It turns out that for every five grams of dietary fiber that these people ate per day, that's the amount of fiber you'd find in a medium-sized pear, that there was a 30% decrease in the chance that cancer would progress and that uh, and decrease in mortality. And so very clearly, we're beginning to see what we eat not only can make us feel better, but in certain cases can actually make the difference between life and death. Doctor, you're leading the way with this charge and, and this information. And do you think it's going to trickle down to, you know, our average doctors, the people that we're seeing, because I hear reports all the time where they're saying nutrition doesn't really play a role in health. And it's mind boggling to me. I actually had someone on the show, you mentioned colon cancer. He was diagnosed with colon cancer, cancer. When he came out of surgery, the first meal they gave him in the hospital was a sloppy Joe. So do you think this information will trickle down and go through the medical schools again? You know, we are at this inflection point right now where 
where the research and the data and the evidence is starting to snowball and accumulate so that, you know, doctors who traditionally have little to no uh, education in medical school. I, I had less than a week of nutrition education when I was in medical school many years ago. Um, and I think still, it's, although it's getting a little better, it's still an area that is not adequately covered. Now, what's happening is that, uh, that uh, the people going through medical school, younger people, new generation, they're beginning to realize the importance of food. They actually care about it themselves, for themselves. And to some extent, you have to walk the walk to talk the talk. And I can tell you that when I went to medical school, the stuff in the hospital cafeteria that, that the med students were eating was all fried food, all burgers, everything off the grill, very, very unhealthy. Now, if you take a look at medical schools, things are getting healthier. And the people coming out minted as doctors have a much higher level interest and motivation to learn about the power of food. So I think that we're going to see this change happening as new generations of doctors uh, emerge into clinical practice. Well, that's exciting because if you look at what we've all been through in the past two years, everything you're teaching is the stuff that should have been shouted from all the rooftops to get us through the, the pandemic, the importance of what we can be doing to take our health back. And, and you know it's only a matter of time before we have another pandemic like we just went through. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you a little anecdote about myself. I, like every, every other human on the planet, sat locked in my house at the very beginning in the spring of 2020 in March, looking out the window, realizing that despite the fact that, you know, I have a lot of training and I'm even involved with biotechnology and very advanced medicine, that here was a new disease. And suddenly I realized how powerless the medical system, hospitals, doctors, pharmaceutical companies were because we had no treat we had no treatments we had no uh, vaccines we had no antivirals it was nothing we could offer and yet the one thing that became clear to me at that moment staring out my uh, living room window is that we all were still going to be making regardless decisions that were going to influence our health three times a day and that was the foods that we all ran out to the grocery store to bring back in and there was no more um, uh, clarity than I ever had about the importance of getting the word out about, you know, how, what we're learning about food and the choices that we can all make. And by the way, eating for our health, you know, used to be, th used to be thought of as eliminating foods. Well, the research is showing we can lean into our food and add foods that we actually enjoy in order to be able to be healthier. And so this is about um, uh, addition, not subtraction. This is about enjoyment. Um, uh, not deprivation, because human nature hates deprivation. So uh, I think that uh, one of the big lessons from the pandemic is that, you know, when humans are left to their own devices, um, uh, we still, uh, uh, and we can't rely on the medical system, we still have our own wits and our own appetites and our own mindfulness to be able to apply to choose the foods that are good for our health, including our immunity. And by the way, I'm also working on now foods that actually, um, uh, it seems there's research now that shows pretty con convincingly in the lab that there are elements in foods that can intercept the coronavirus. And so, you know, whereas we're in a different place today than we were two, three years ago when it comes to the pandemic, you're absolutely right. There could be another surge or even another virus coming down the pike. And we are now way too smart to ignore that when it comes to food. And, you know, this is just such a key message because now's the time 
that we can all get healthier. We, we have really been a, a pretty sick society, but this is something that we can choose to do. And, and it's through the choices we make, like you said, three times a day. We have the power to change the course of what we face down the road. That's right. Uh, completely. And, you know, and I, and I think that the uh, other interesting thing that I um, am so delighted by is that many of the foods that research is showing activates our health defenses are the ingredients that have been used in the um, food cultures uh, that go that date way back. Again, Mediterranean uh, diets. By the way, the Mediterranean diet is way more than Italian food, although that's certainly part of it. <clears throat> but you've got you know um, dozens of countries around the Mediterranean Sea, uh, and also in Asia, which is also not one country, but about seventy different countries that are out there. And these great food cultures have all used ingredients, mostly plant-based foods and healthy oils, uh, fruits and vegetables, nuts and legumes, herbs and spices, uh, to create traditions in recipes passed through the generations, many of which actually activate our health defenses. And so I think that, you know, my motto uh, has always been to love your food, to love your health. The book is Eat to Beat Disease, The New Science of How Your Body Can Heal Itself. If you'd like to get more information about Dr. Lee and his work, you can visit drwilliamlee.com. That's D-R, drwilliamlee.com. Doctor, in about 30 seconds or less, what's the takeaway? Takeaway is that we all have agency to make good, healthy choices uh, when it comes to food and our health. And many of those choices are with the ingredients that are found in recipes that are absolutely delicious. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, CYACYL.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.